Hey friends, welcome to episode six of the Culture Carries Us podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Poff, and as always, thanks for choosing to spend your time with us. Man, last week, episode five, Ben Hartsock, he brought some incredible insight into culture-driven leadership, the impact of different types of coaching and mantras, and you know, playing at such an elite level at a high state and in the NFL. His insight and his his knowledge of what culture truly is, what it looks like, and how it can really change lives. It was awesome and it was powerful. And if you haven't caught it, go back and get it. This week, though, on episode six, I am excited and humbled to have Coach Larry McKenzie join us on the show. You know, I don't even want to spoil it because I feel like his story is so powerful and I believe that his reach and his impact on the people that he leads is truly amazing. And so I want I want you to hear his story from him, but I'm just going to give you a little bit, okay? He is a basketball coach in Minneapolis, a high school basketball coach. He's a six-time champion basketball coach. He's led two different schools to multiple titles, the first coach to do that. But his whole career really started out as a volunteer at the Big Brothers and Big Sisters. I'm really excited for, for Larry to help us unpack what culture is, what leadership is, and really the true impact that we as coaches, the opportunity that we have to impact lives. And so uh, I want you to hear it straight from him. But I think he's going to unpack some really cool, really cool stuff for us that is going to encourage us and really honestly inspire us to wake up every day to try to be the best version of ourselves for the people that we lead. So here we go, guys. Episode six, time to grow. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, doing a little research uh, and watching some of your videos, you know, I've learned that in, in your younger years, you volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club and you had an opportunity to you know, pour into lives and talk to us a little bit about what that experience did for you and, and how did that act as a catalyst to land you where you are today doing what you're doing? So I have to tell you my story. And actually, I, I, I volunteered with uh, Big Brothers, which is now Big Brothers and Big Sisters, uh, it is how I got my start. So I tell people I grew up in a household with two educators, right? So anybody who would have told me 30, 40 years ago that I would be coaching and, and uh, working with kids, we would have had a fight because it wasn't something that I wanted to do. I, I had this thing when I got out of college, I was chasing a dollar. I wanted to make as much money as I can. And I had a friend of mine by the name of Clyde Turner. Clyde is uh, six foot eight, former player for Minnesota Gopher. He was like my big brother. And Clyde kept pursuing me in terms of, man, I, I, you know, you, you should get involved with this program and become a big brother. And I always tell people, you know, at six foot eight, when somebody tells you that, it's hard to say no. So Clyde uh, convinced me to become a big brother. And I always tell people, you know, at 21, my thought was this. I thought I was too young to make a difference. I thought I didn't have enough time to make a difference. I thought I didn't make enough money to make a difference. But I became a big brother to a 13-year-old young man by the name of Jules. And Jules and I would, you know, uh, as we were trying to get to know each other, and it was interesting because I also tell people I really learned uh, during that process of the importance of mentorship and the, the importance of developing relationships, actually getting to know somebody. I remember early on in the relationship, like I'll call, I'll be at work and I'll, you know, I'll say, okay, Jill, we're going to go to the twins game tonight and I'll call him. And so I call about five o'clock and he'll say, oh, you're not coming, right? You're not coming, right? So it took me 18 months 
uh, a year and a half to, to finally get to a place of trust with Jules. And so the more time Jules and I spent together, one thing that we learned that we actually really had in common was a love for the game of basketball. So one day Jules is walking through his middle school hallways and somehow Jules overhear an adult conversation between the principal and staff. And he was like, they were talking about, well, we may not be able to have basketball this year because we can't get anybody in the building to volunteer to be a coach. And so Jules being a teenager that he was, he volunteered his big brother. And I'm like, Jules, you did what? You volunteered <laughs> you? Uh, and I always I can't really uh, say what I said to Jules that day. But long story <laughs> short, I would go on and uh, I, I coached Jules middle school basketball team. And we had a really, really good year. I had become a big brother with the expectation to impact a 13-year-old young man's life. And because of that volunteer opportunity, it changed my life. Uh, I enjoyed coaching, and so I would go on and, um, you know, I actually started my high school coaching career as a volunteer. So I volunteered at Minneapolis Patrick Henry, and I always tell people, uh, as an assistant coach, I worked like I was uh, the head coach. And at the end of one year, the head coach here was also a youth minister. And so he got an opportunity to move from Minneapolis to Dayton, Ohio, to become, to run a youth ministry in Dayton, Ohio. And when he left, all the kids went to the AD and said, uh, we want Coach McKenzie. You know, and, and I always say this as I tell my story. So I went to Minneapolis Patrick Henry, like any other coach, you know, expecting that the my primary responsibility would be X's and O's, right? Running offense, defense, out-of-bound plays, those kind of things. Uh, not necessarily being from Minneapolis and knowing the landscape, when I uh, became a coach at Patrick Henry, what I discovered is that it was a building where 88% of the kids uh, was, had free and reduced lunch. Most of the kids were living in poverty. Um, the graduation rate for African-American males was 28%. And I always say the kids had a greater chance of going to college, going to prison than going to college. So basketball became much more than the X's and O's. It really was about finding a way uh, to change lives. Uh, but again, it is because of Jules that I became a uh, high school uh, basketball coach. And as I said in the beginning, when I started at 23 years old, I honestly thought that I was too young to make a difference, but I have. I thought I didn't have enough time to make a difference, but I have. I thought I didn't make enough money to make a difference, but I have. So it was through a volunteer opportunity, expectations of, you know, me giving to a young man that I always tell people, my life was honestly forever changed. And I'm sitting here having, your, having this conversation with you because of that big brothers and big sisters experience. Man, what a blessing. You know, that is, it's so, it's so neat how life works, right? I mean, sometimes we, we look at where we are and we're like, man, like, how did I get here? Right. But I just, I firmly believe that nothing happens by accident. Right. And so every single thing is shaping us and every single thing is guiding us. And along the way, we have opportunities to impact other people. And in the process, we grow, 
you know, we're the people that grow in that process. And that's one thing that I've really, I guess, realized in a leadership role is that at the end of every season, I am just as impacted, if not more, by my players than they probably are by me. And that's just such a wonderful part of being able to be in a position where we have an opportunity to pour into other people, you know, as leaders and as coaches. And I think your story is really cool because, you know, you volunteered for the big brother thing and then you volunteered as a, as an assistant coach and all of that comes from the heart. You know, you said you were about making the dollar, but that's not about the dollar you were volunteering. So that's from the heart and look where it's led you and, and the impact that you've had, which we're going to talk more about. So I'm, well, I think I, God I had amazing. another plan. And I always like to use this quote, fortunate is a person that sees a need, recognizes the responsibility and actively pursue becoming the answer. And I think that for me, uh, obviously when I became a, a big brother, I saw a need, I accepted responsibility and I, I became that answer uh, in the lives of at now hundreds of young men uh, in this community. Yeah, that's amazing coach. I wanna talk a little bit about the documentary that was done on, on the school that you're currently coaching. In it, there was a quote and you said, you know, I just believe if I can change their minds, I can change their lives. And that hit me really hard because, well, because I'm a coach, right? And so I understand what you're saying when you say that. But for our listeners, kind of talk a little bit about, I guess, specifically about the kids that you're coaching and what you've done for them specifically to accomplish that, to change their minds and to change their lives. What have you done for those kids that you coach? So, so just give you a little bit of background. So currently, I mean, I just finished my eighth season at Minneapolis North High School. It's located in the highest uh, poverty area in the city of, of Minneapolis. I mean, oftentimes uh, a lot of trauma and stress through gunshots and all of those kinds of things uh, in the community. But the beauty of it is it's a community school. And in spite of where it's located, people love the, the school. And let me take a step back though, in terms of when you hear me say, you know, I always tell people like, this is the greatest computer that's ever been invented. And I know we're on podcasts, so I'm, I'm talking about the, the brain, right? Right. It's the greatest computer that's, in, that's ever been presented. And the maker of that computer is a perfectionist. So what it tells me that there's nothing wrong with the hardware. Our challenge as coaches and adults, right, as the programmers, right, is coming up with the right software. So I'm a firm believer that if I could change the way you think and see things, then I could change your life. If I could get you thinking differently, right? And so for me, uh, part of that process is, first of all, and I always, you know, I remember... I always tell people, the older I get, the more the simple things that I've learned over life. My dad used to say all the time that if you can dream it, right? Yeah. If you can dream it and you believe it, then you can achieve it. So for me, in terms of that process, the first thing is to allow them to begin to dream. And so when I walked in May of 2013, I said to the group of kids, like, we're going to win championships. We're going to win championships and everything that we do is going to be about preparing for that. Right. And and we're going to create that mindset uh, on and off the court. Everything is going to be 
about creating a championship mindset. And so you 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 paint that picture, right? And and so part of that has been taking kids. You know, one of the first things I did uh, in, in the program is take them to see what a championship team looked like at a state tournament, right? This this is what you got to be in order to get there. Uh, put them around positive people, bring them around. You know, I was fortunate going to Minneapolis North. It had a great tradition of, of winning uh, championships and and in basketball on the men and the women's side uh, because enrollment had gone down so far and the school was on the uh, verge of closure, those kids didn't know that. So I started bringing back in some of those alumni to talk to them about what it was like. And, and, and again, just planting seeds, right? Bad data in, bad data out. So we were gonna, pro as we were, you know, uh, as I was building the software and programming, I'm putting all of these positive things in, right? So first of all, you got to see yourself doing it. You got to see yourself do it. And I, and I tell so one of the things here, see yourself being whatever that thing is that you want to be. And once we can get them to dream it, and then now let's believe it, all right? And, and so I believe, like, as we're talking about building culture, one of the main components, one of the key bricks in the foundation of, of, of building a culture of a winning and a successful program is laying that brick of belief. You gotta believe on the good days, the bad days and the ugly days, you gotta keep believing, right? And then once, and, and the one thing that I do, Kelly is, I, so in my 23 years, I start off every year, in order to try out for my team, you have to run a six minute mile if you're a guard, 630 mile if you're a post. And I do that not for, for any other reason, but helping my kids understand the importance of setting goals. And many times the kids that I coach in environment, they're the first time, they're gonna be the first high school graduate in their family. They're gonna be the first one going to college. And so we, we help them understand the importance of setting goals. And then once you set those goals, I believe you celebrate the little things. So. You make that mile, we celebrate. Uh, we set weekly goals in practice and we celebrate. Sometimes it's pizza, sometimes it's Gatorade, but but you celebrate those little things. And, and, and as you celebrate, that's where you begin to be able to change that mindset. But I just think as, as coaches, again, in particularly for, the, for so many kids that, that I've coached is because they've not had the right kind of, and I don't like to say role models, I like to say real models. They haven't had the right real models oftentimes in front of them. And so again, we start off, if we can change your mind, we can change your life. You gotta think differently. And I tell them all the time, you you ever wonder why, like, and, and I'm, I'm just big into this kind of stuff. Like when you look at the NBA, like about a third of the teams in the NBA have, uh, only have one championship, two thirds have never won. Why? What makes somebody an okay player with the Lakers, you know, uh, when they go to an organization like the Lakers or the Heat, right? It's all because of culture, those kind of things. And so you just got to begin planting those seeds uh, in terms of changing their minds, right? That leads to changing their lives. And so as a result of that in the last, so we, 
we 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 were able to my first year there around academics, and I always talk about the importance of having student athletes. We started out with seventy percent of those kids uh, being a going from barely passing classes to going to AB honor roll kids. We went from seventy something percent to eighty something percent. The last two years, ninety-seven percent of the kids in in the basketball program have been AB honor roll students. One hundred percent of those kids have graduated from high school on time. We we've we've had seven Division One kids. One hundred percent of our kids have gone on to a four-year or a two-year school. I now have. I'm looking at the picture for my first team in two thousand that I inherited in 2014, six out of 11 of those kids have college degrees. We changed their minds and we changed their lives. That's so good. It's so, so good. You're, here's some good nuggets you're bringing to us, Coach McKenzie. Um, so a couple of things that I wanted to, I guess, touch on that you said. Uh, you, t- you said you got to paint a picture for them. They need to be able to see it. And I think that's, that's a really strong way to say that. I've never really heard anybody say it that way but I totally get it. And I understand, uh, especially with the kids, like the age group I coach in high school, uh, it's important that they see the potential and the possibilities of where they could go. So, so, so think about it, Kelly. I always like, I, I'll even simplify it more. One of, one of my little uh, sayings is you can't be what you don't see. Right. Right. If, if you've never been on a college campus, how can you, how, how do you even imagine what that's like? Right. So again, you, you plant the seed, through a field trip on a college campus. You let them walk through the cafeteria. You let them see the facilities, right? And, and that they're kids. I mean, and then you identify kids from their community who were just like them, who walked the same hallways. Like, this can be you, right? right. I, I tell people, the greatest thing for my own two kids, I was blessed. My best friend is a, is, is a, is a black chemist for 3M, uh, one of the few. Uh, my kids, you know, a lot of the, the the people that was in my social circle was attorneys and all of those kind of things. So because they, my kids were exposed to that, they didn't see limitation. And so I've taken that, right, and used that same thing with my players. I bring in a, 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 a speaker on a weekly basis to speak to my kids, usually African-American men from the community who have made it someplace from across the country who have similar stories, right? Who who made, and, and, and I always say, life has taught me three things, right? Life is about choices, chances, and consequences. And, and, and what you learn over time is if you make the right choices instead of taking chances, you can control the consequences. But if you make, take, cho- you, if you take chances versus make choices, Sometimes the consequences for kids that I coach become five to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to life or death. And so you got to understand that it's about making choices. And I always say, going back to change your mind, change your life. Once I give you the information and you know better, as they say, when you know better, you do better. So now when you know better, now you're making a choice. So you're choosing to take a chance. That's right. And then it's about accountability, you know, and it's about accountability. That's right. So, so absolutely. Yep. Yes. Uh, you also talked about, you've, you've mentioned this a couple of times, planting seeds. And uh, this is something that is very, I guess, dear to my heart because 
I feel like I've had a lot of people in my life that have planted seeds that have truly impacted my direction and who I am today. Uh, and so when I hear you say that, you know, my thought is, and I, and I've said this and I, I think I've put it on Twitter recently, actually, that, you know, we don't always see the fruit of our labor, but it's still our job. It is still our job to plant seeds. It's actually still, it's, we're blessed to have the opportunity to plant seeds. And so it's a simple conversation with a player in the hallway. It's a simple conversation with a player before or after or during a game, or um, it's an interaction with a stranger. I mean, we can plant seeds in so many different ways. I just think it's important as leaders that we remember and that we don't get frustrated when we don't see immediate change because those seeds, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bloom at the right time. And we may not always see that, but what we're doing is making an impact and it is making a difference. And so if I, if I am consistent and intentional about planting seeds in the lives of the people around me, people that I lead, my players, my coaching staff, my students, my colleagues, if I'm intentional and consistent about planting seeds and the way I treat them and the way I talk to them and the example that I set, it is going to make a difference in their life, whether it be tomorrow, next week, at the end of the season and the championship game or 10 years from now and they look back and they're like, man, I remember when coach used to always say, and that's really the coolest part to me about being a leader because that is the kind of opportunity and impact we have in people's lives. And like, it just doesn't, like I have children right now, like it doesn't get, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better than that to me, like at all. I just think it's amazing that we have that opportunity. And, and as you said, it's not something you put in the microwave. It, it's a, it's a time process, which we don't have any control. And, and, and it's funny because I, I usually tell, it's usually about five years after they leave me, that I get that phone call, like, okay, coach, now it makes sense. I, yes. I understand it. You know what I'm saying? Those so are the best write, phone calls, right? Those, those are, are the, the best, best ones. Phone calls. Sometimes it's, you know, five years, it's 10 years. But again, I, I got to, if I can share another story with you. Absolutely, please do. I, I, I got here, because when you were talking about planting seed, and, and one thing that I want to say to all of the coaches that may be listening to this, when we talk about plant seed, I, I want you, I also think it's important not to just plant seeds, but I think in that whole planting process, I think it's critical that you be willing to share your movie, that you let your kids know that you were not perfect, that you made mistakes, right? And that in spite of those mistakes, I mean, we get an opportunity to do what we're doing. I always tell people, Larry McKenzie could have never played for Coach McKenzie. But the other, the other influence on my life in terms of coaching, um, and, and maybe I'm jumping ahead of the script here uh, about the person that impacted my life, but I always have to be grateful to uh, a gentleman by the name of John K. Cameron, who took me under his wings uh, when I was a sophomore in college. And, you know, I, I joined the college fraternity. I got involved in out of 30 plus guys, he kind of took me on his wing. And, and I tell the story is because as he, you know, spent time with me, one of the things, like we would go out to lunch and he would never allow me to play. We would go to dinner, he would never allow me to pay. He never took a Father's Day card or a Christmas card or any of those kind of things. And the only thing he ever told me was, uh, Mac, all I want from you when the, when the time comes, I want you to, to allow other people to stand on your shoulders the way that you stood on mine. 
All I want from you when the time comes is to allow other people to stand on your shoulders the way you stood on mine. And to me, like, I, I, I'm, I, I say that to say, like, that was at a critical time in my life in, some th in terms of some challenges that I was having, that seed that was planted into my life changed my life. You know, and, and, and the thing, again, that I learned from him, not only was he willing to, to, to plant, uh, but for the time being, as you're saying, you know, in that, in that season, he, he, he nourished and weeded and did all of those kind of things. And, and I'm sitting here, again, having this conversation with you because uh, somebody planted seeds in my life. Absolutely. And, and so that, yes, that was your culture investment shout out. And I know that'll probably uh, mean a lot to him. And so I think that you're right. I would not be sitting here doing this podcast. I would not have a culture podcast if it weren't for the people that, uh, that poured into me and, and definitely planted seeds like that, you know? And so that's awesome. I love that. It sounds like, you know, what he said to you was basically, he was saying, I'm lifting you up. So now you lift other people up. Absolutely. And, and what a cool way to say that, right? What a cool way. To, yeah, absolutely. But I, but I think it's also, you know, in, in, in my coaching career, uh, it, it's also been my obligation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in terms of, say, of, of saying that, like, I owe him that. And so for when going back to, you know, what I do for my kids and how I do it, it is part of, you know, repaying uh, what what was given to me through him and, you know, him planting seeds in my life. Yeah. And I think this is something I know we talked about on Kate's episode. And I want to say, honestly, I think we've talked about in every episode to this point. And I, I just always call it the ripple effect. And I truly believe that's what it is. And it was funny. We were actually at softball yesterday and my players, they, they called it the domino effect. Like one of them actually said it, which I thought was a really cool moment, but the ripple effect, you know, is, is exactly that. I mean, he lifted you up and now you're lifting other people up and you're going to have players that you're coaching right now who you're impacting, who 10, 15 years from now, they're going to be lifting somebody else up and it just never stops. And that's like the beautiful thing about life and the beautiful thing about coaching and leadership. And it's just really, really cool. So I'm glad that you were able to shout out to him. Um, uh, all right. So let's keep going. Let's, I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, when you and I spoke previously, we talked about culture in general and the, and the importance of culture. And you mentioned something that hit me pretty hard. And I liked it. I want you to speak on it a little bit. Uh, you kind of talked about the difference in like a team and a program. So talk a little bit about like, what is the difference between that? And how does like a, a good culture get carried on year after year? Well, I, I mean, I, I, and I thought about this as I got your pre-interview question. You know, a team is like having a, a one-hit wonder. Yeah, right? you, yeah, that's you, a good you, way you to write, say that. You write that one song and, you know, so you can get a collective group of kids, uh, you know, very talented or, or just, you know, have chemistry, right, and have some success uh, for a season. But over time... I, I, I think a, you know, for people that understand it, so you, a team is that one hit wonder. Uh, 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 a program is like creating an album like a Michael Jackson, right? Where song after song after song is a hit. 
uh, it, 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 it does, it becomes a culture, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, kids come and go, but, but the foundation of what you do is so strong that it carries on that uh, we talked a little bit and, and, and you really know that you've gotten there when you have your upperclassmen who are now explaining to, to freshmen and the newcomers about what the expectation, you know, and, and, and again, I look at it, it's the ultimate of a, being a transformational leader, right? It's, yeah. it, it's creating, it, it, it's creating more leaders year after year after year. And so it's uh, a program is something that's sustainable. Yes. You know, that's good, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's sustainable. A, 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 a team is like, you know, okay, we won 20 games this year, but the next season we're one in 19. Right. What happened? We had a good group, a collection of kids, right? We're, we're not doing the same thing. We're not saying the thing, same thing. And, and to me, I don't care whether it's a corporation, a nonprofit organization, or a softball team or a basketball team. The culture the culture is the most important brick in the foundation. Yeah, no doubt. Because it is who you are. Who It's who you are, right? And as yeah. Coach K, we're both Coach K fans. Coach K would say, it's who you are when nobody else is looking. Yes, that's when your true character shows. That's when your true character shows, right? And yeah. to me, that that is uh, when, when, you, when you look at culture, right? It's demonstrated through the character of a team. Yep. And you're not going to see that in that one hit wonder. You know, you're sitting back on a team, you, you know, you're, you're coaching, you're, you, you don't even remember the things that you did. You're waiting for that next hit, that next hit, that next hit, and it never comes. You know, I, I, and I have to say this. I mean, when I talk about culture, uh, Kelly, I, I, when, when I went to Minneapolis North, I inherited a team that had won three games, three games in three years, right? The last eight years, we, we, I, my first year there, I started an eighth grader, two sophomores, and, and two freshmen. We've been conference champs eight years in a row. We have a 60-game winning streak in the Minneapolis City Conference. And that's not – and, and, and I'm, I'm saying that to say – Imagine how many kids in eight years have come and go. That's a program. That's right. That's a program. And, and as I said, when, when my upperclassmen meet kids at the door and on day one and say, you know, it, it's, it, and the, the other thing about having a program is the beauty of it as a coach, you don't have to manage that. Yeah, they police themselves at that point. They police themselves, right? That's right. And the thing about it is, like, and, and, and I'm not sure, uh, what's your, your team mascot? We're the Falcons. They, okay, Atlanta, the Falcons, right? Yeah. That's so, right. So, but, but, the, but, so, but then you take pride in being a Falcon. You know, we always talk about the polar way, right? The polar way. This is how we do things. It's a culture. And, 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 and so when kids want to be a falcon, right? Because of the way you 
you do things, not because of that one great season that you have, but when they look at you have hit after hit after hit, well, then people want to know, well, what's the recipe? Yeah, what's different? It all starts with the culture. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously my stories are all like yours are basketball, mine are softball since I'm a softball coach. And so this just happened yesterday, so it's fresh on my mind. So I'm going to share the story. We had our last day of tryouts yesterday. And, uh, you know, at the end of every practice, kind of probably similar to all sports, you you talk to your team. Um, And so the coaches and the players, we always go to center field. um, And the players, you know, I have this thing that I do with my kids where I tell them, listen with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a respect thing. Um, and, and they're great. It's just part of it. It's ingrained now, to be honest with you and what we do. Um, and so, you know, we get out there yesterday and they all get on one knee and the coaches were our coaching staff standing there. And something that, that I really like to do that that's kind of become a practice for our team is um, we don't want them just to hear our voice. Like we want them to hear each other's voices. And so something that we do at every, in every team meeting that we have is I'll go around the circle and I'll just randomly call somebody out like, Hey, Emily, tell me something great we did today. Um, all right, Maya, tell me something that you feel like we could have done differently or better today. Um, Sage, tell me somebody that showed up for you today or encouraged you. And now they're like, they're taking ownership of it, but they're getting to like verbalize it in their own way. And their teammates are hearing that. And it's just such a cool moment every single time. And so yesterday it being the last day of tryouts, uh, you know, we're, I'm going around the circle. I'm asking people, just random people, different things. It's really cool to hear what they're saying. And, and then I get to a freshman and I'm like, Hey, tell me what it's been like for the past week coming as an incoming freshman to tryouts. What has it felt like to you to be out here? And her response was, you know, coming in as a freshman, you're usually very scared. And she was like, but it's been amazing because I've always heard how you guys are a family. And she was like, but you really are. And she was Mm. like, and I've already seen that in four days. She was like, I feel welcome. And and like, as a coach, obviously standing there, our coaching staff, I'm looking at them and I'm like, my heart's about to explode because I'm like, man, like looking at all of my other players that have been in the program and they are like smiling and they're like, literally they're like, oh, like they were so excited. But I was like, man, that is our culture. Right. It's so ingrained now that it's just naturally like we just love on people and everybody's welcome and like, oh, you're here and this is our program and we're a family. So like, let's get after it together. We're going to encourage and show up. And that was just such a cool moment yesterday to hear an incoming freshman in four days already have that idea about who we are. And now she's already bought in, you know, and I just think that was that was probably my favorite moment of tryouts, actually. Well, it's interesting, and I tell you, we got so many similarities because one of the things that we do at the end of practice, we do this thing called grow and glow, right? And so we have a kid talk about, you know, what area somebody might need, how can we grow as a team today, or how did we grow as a team today? And then glow, you pick out a teammate, you say something positive uh, about them. You know, I love that, like, Coach. They, it's they, so they, good. The way, the way. But, but the other thing, Kelly, one of the things that tell me a lot about your program is that you you did not and, and, and the kids is and I tell and so when we start talking about culture, right? Here's here's one of the uh, identifiers uh, for me. Your kids said family, not team. Yes. And so when we talk about and and I say that because if you were to talk to my players, that's exactly what they say, right? This is our family, and so the difference between a team is a team is a team. 
a program becomes a family. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, in that moment yesterday, listening to, you know, what some of our players were saying, I felt that in that moment, it reminds me, and I know I just said this to you earlier, but, and I've said this before, but only 1% of coaches win a championship. So what are we actually doing? It's not really about the wins and losses. It just isn't like what's great about it though. And I tell my players this because of our culture, we're going to naturally win more anyways. Um, And so it's going to take care of itself. We have the talent, but it's about what are we doing every day to add fuel to that fire? Like what are we doing to make each other better and to fight for each other? And I think that that's kind of what I was thinking in my mind yesterday when I was listening to those, to those girls kind of talk about what they felt was man, how awesome that it's not about the X's and O's right now. And it's not about the win, wins and losses. Like it's genuinely about, I've got 25, 14 to 18 year old girls sitting in front of me who genuinely feel loved on this field. They want to be here. They love each other and they want to fight, you know, hard to, to be the best version of themselves for the people around them. And that's the culture that, that we've created. And that's the culture now that they have completely bought into and, they take that honestly with them right into life and they'll continue to carry that with them forever, you know, and that's yeah. the impact. That's the opportunity that we have. And that's just, I think that's great. All yeah, right. I, so I, I think it's, I mean, one of the things that you said, and I always try to tell young coaches, like, you know, if you think about every year, if you define yourself by only winning championships, I mean, there are a lot of coaches that, you know, are having a hard time because in the end, I mean, I don't know how many classes you have in Georgia, but you know, it's only going to be six, right? Softball teams or whatever number of classes right. that you have. And so one of the things that I think we have to do is redefine what success is. And I always say, I mean, I've been blessed, but I agree with you 100%. I, 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 was, I don't think anybody's ever going to name an offense after me or defense after me. And I don't think I'm the greatest X's and L guy that, that's coach basketball. But what my kids do know that I love them unconditionally. And that in itself makes them go out and play hard uh, for a guy that's pushing them to get better every day. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, I never want my players to doubt my love for them. I never want them to doubt that, you know, and, and that's something I make sure every day through my actions, um, how I care about them, how I'm intentional to just shoot them a quick message, like proud of you today. You were a great leader today. I saw what you did. I mean, our words are powerful and they, they hold a lot of weight for our players. And so it's important that we realize that, you know, well, that's Uh, biblical too. Remember that is, it, it really is the power of the tongue. Right. And it goes back to where we started. Right. So, so the, if I could change your mind, I could change your life, right? The power of the tongue says that I got to speak it into you. It really is, right? It, it, and so it, it is about when we're out there, the role of a coach, how we say things and who we say it to becomes important because we're the programmers, right? right. And so again, our words, our words, uh, there will be outputs or outcomes based on what we input through our words. And so you absolutely. And I think a lot of times when I watch youth coaches, that is one of the concerns that I have, the things that I struggle with, as I listen sometimes how they're communicating with, with their kids, right? Yeah. Instead of building them up 
instead of building them up, they're using, you know, words to, to tear them down. And I think as coaches, we really have to be careful about how we're communicating with young people. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, my, my episode that actually just dropped um, this week was Ben Hartsock and he is a ESPN radio guy. He played at Ohio state, played football and played in the NFL. And, he, he said something about building relationships that I had not heard before. And, and it kind of reminds me of what you're saying, but he said he felt like relationships are like debits and credits. And it's all about um, the deposits that you make into other people's lives. And, um, you know, obviously when we invest in people, they feel cared for and they feel seen. And so that is then, recipro- you know, reciprocated. And so um, it just reminded me of that when you said it. Also wanted to, to point out something you said earlier that I think is very important and, it kind of goes with what you were talking about, about building people up instead of tearing them down. But you talked about, you know, when you guys set goals that you celebrate them. And I think it's so important. And I totally agree with you that we have to celebrate the people that we lead and we need them to know that we see their progress. It doesn't matter how tiny it is. You got to celebrate it. Um, you know, our kids, they might be working for weeks to try to work on hitting the outside pitch. And then they come through and they hit that outside pitch. I don't care if they get out, Like you want to celebrate what they did and that accomplishment. And you're right. Like, you know, words, words are, are life-changing. And so that can be either way, good or bad. And so it is, it is important that we're intentional about, you know, building people, building the kids up in the right way, uh, using the right language and just making them feel loved. I mean, that's all they really want at the end of the day. They just need somebody to see them and make them feel loved and, if they know that you're on their side and that you love them, I mean, they're going to run through a wall for you. And when you can get to that place with your entire team, and now you've got an entire uh, program of 25 girls who know you care about them and they know the person beside them cares about them. I mean, you're all going in the same direction now. I mean, it is, it's, it's a powerful train to stop at that point. You know, Absolutely. that old saying, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's, that's so, so real. You know, I, I think that, that that's important, right, that they know. Uh, and, and again, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, building when we talk about, like, I, for, for me and my kids, and I'll tell you why I celebrate, oftentimes, like, Minnesota, when it comes to uh, education, particularly for young men of color, right, has some of the lowest graduation rates and uh, proficiency rates and those kind of things. And so what I've learned, because my kids are often being told so much about what they can't do, that I have to reverse that and tell them what they can do, right? And, and so I have to sometimes be their biggest cheerleader before they can become their biggest cheerleader. Sometimes I've learned that I have to believe in my kids before they learn to believe in themselves, but, but in that process, once I get them there, I know that it's life changing. Absolutely. You know, our, our posture is a choice. So if we, if we, if we have a posture of choosing to celebrate instead of focusing on gaps, instead of focusing on things that kids don't have or that they struggle with, you know, we can choose to have a posture of celebration and forward focus and Hey, this is where we are and I've got your back. Now let's keep moving forward. And I mean, it makes all the difference, honestly, it really does. So, um, all right. So talk to me a little bit about what do you feel is most special about the role that you are currently in right now? What is most special to you? Well, 
think we talked about that early on. For me, most special, I, I just think that, you know, for me to be a coach, out of everything that I could be doing, I could be working in a factory, I could be an architect, I could be building buildings, I could be doing a whole lot of things. But to be given the assignment about, make, you know, and, and again, I'm a believer and I don't hide from that at all. And so for me to be given the assignment with, with God's most precious commodity, which is children, right, to be the person to be chosen to make a difference in their lives, I just don't think you can do anything greater. And like I say, for me, like that is major. I think about it often. Sometimes I'm laying on the couch and I'm like, I mean, I have to pinch myself and I still say like, man, why me? How me? And then I just say, thank you for having that kind of confidence in me, but you're trusting me, you know? So like, like I, I just don't know. And maybe I look at it different than a whole lot of people, but I just think it's such an awesome responsibility, it you is. know, an honor to be called coach. It is absolutely an honor. I completely agree with you. I think, you know, to whom much is given, much is required, right? And so we have, we do have a massive responsibility, but more than that, we have, it's, it is a massive honor. And I like, I would not trade being a coach. I would not trade the opportunities that I've had and that I have every single day right now, the interactions I get to have with my kids. Like I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. But, but, but I, I'll, I'll say, I mean, say yay or nay, but even in your bad days, right? You, when you get to that field, no matter what's been going on, things change, right? It just, it's just it a does. figure up. It right? is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, uh, it is my passion, just like I know it is yours. And obviously I'm passionate about people more than I am about the softball I'm holding in my hand. Um, they just happen to go together. And so, Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but that's the tool. But you know that that when you get there, you know what I'm saying. Like you saying, like that 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 changing process, that touching life, that planting seed, start, and, and no matter what kind of day that you 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 you've had, I mean, you get to that field and like, oh man, it. No matter what, like it's like things just for whatever that moment, right? It goes away. Uh, at least that is how it is for me. No, I mean, like I. At the end of a, a rough day, I just look forward to getting to the gym, seeing my kid. Yes, no doubt. Like we always say, uh, we always tell our girls that, you know, when you, when you walk through that fence, everything else is gone. And like, mm -hmm. it's just us and we're here together and like, let's go have fun and let's grow. And uh, yeah, I think that some of my most favorite moments on the field, especially when I've, you know, I'm going through a hard time or I've had a bad day, I have a lot on my mind. My favorite moments, like, it's not because somebody, you know, laid out, made a diving catch and it was awesome. Like, yeah, that was a great play and I'm super proud of you, but it's more so the reaction that I see from their teammates, how excited they are for their teammate that made that play. That's what warms my heart. That's what makes me want to come back every single day and just keep planting seeds and pouring into their lives because they're pouring into my life every single day and, and in ways that they don't even realize, you know? So true. Yes. It's really, really cool. It's, it's pretty awesome. So since we already did the culture investment shout out part, um, I have two things left. I want you to tell me about Trent. Kate told me to ask you to tell me about Trent a little bit. And then the other question is, I want you to give us a habit or a practice that you could share with us that's something that you do that maybe would help us become better leaders. 
So talk to me about Trent first, and then we'll end with the other one. So a little bit. Trent, Trent is my uh, director of basketball operation. He's been with me now for 11 years. I always say he's my right-hand guy. I, he's somebody that I know I can count on all the time. Uh, I coached Trent when he was 11, 12 years old. So, you know, it, it's really like a father-son relationship. We spend a lot of time together. Um, uh, and so any anything that I'm involved in, uh, Trent's going to be close by uh, for me. So uh, just a young man that I've watched grow. Uh, as I said, you know, when I first started coaching, um, I mean, he, he was one of those kids. So I think I had him at nine or 10 years old. And so it's been 30 plus years. That's really cool. That's a, that's a very full circle. And it's a great example, like a great story of exactly kind of what we've been talking about this whole time about the, the players that we are able to mentor and lead and love and then where they end up. You know, so that's pretty cool that you have a story like that with Trent with somebody that's now working, you know, hand in hand with you every single day. So that's pretty cool. Um, so a habit or a practice that you share with us that that has made you a better leader that that possibly that we could do to make us a better leader? You know, I, I think for me, to be honest with you, the one practice that I have uh, is the way that I start my day uh, every single day. And uh the thing that we do before every practice, before every game, the thing that I do every morning, I have this mantra uh, that I believe in and that I live by that I'll share with you. Uh, so I do a thought for the day every day, some kind of positive motivational thing with my kids. I always want to plant positive seeds, but we also remind them of this every single day, that this is the beginning of a new day. I have been blessed with this day to use as I will. I can waste it or use it for good. For what I do today is important. I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. I must decide good or bad, gain or loss, success or failure, in order I never regret the price for it. I say that to remind my kids that every single day is a gift. Today is uh, May 12th, and, and I don't know when you're going to share this podcast, but it's a day that's never been and a day that never will be. Don't take for granted. Uh, and I always say this, one of my favorite coaches says this, uh, he said, at the strike of midnight, the good Lord above up deposited into all of our life account, 86,400 seconds. He doesn't give Larry 86,400 seconds and give Kelly 86,355. We both get equal time. And so when people talk about equality, that's equality, 86,400. But the difference is, what are you going to do with it? Right. And that's my challenge every day to my kids. You, not Coach McKenzie, have to decide good or bad, gain or loss, success or failure. And so it's on you to be in control of your life. I don't control playing time. So I just remind my kids every single day when they step on that hardwood, right, that there were some people here yesterday that didn't get this today. Uh, and that's something that I live by every single day, that mantra. Man, coach, that you ended with a bang with us right there, didn't you? That was good stuff. Yeah, yeah I like that mantra. That's a, I, I think I might want you to uh, put that in writing and email it to me. Yeah, just send me, I, I'll get it to you as soon as we get off. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. No, I, I've, been, I've been doing that uh, for 
and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this. My younger brother actually gave it to me when he was coaching football at Delaware State. And I did it for, I used to do it, you know, just out of habit. Mm -hmm. And then I lost a friend of mine at the age of 40 years old with breast cancer. And that creed took on a whole new meaning. And, and, and what I remind my guys are is you don't get to say, coach, my bad on, on March on March 12th. We tomorrow I won't get up and say, you know what? I want to go back and do May, May 12th, uh, 2020, uh, 21 all over again. We get one shot at every day. And again, John Wooden says 86,400 seconds comes with condition. The condition is what you don't use, you lose. And oftentimes to me, what I tell my kids is how you use your day determine whether you're going to be average, good, good, or great. That's the separator. Man, that's so good. I'm like, not very often am I speechless, but uh, that's <laughs> that was awesome. I loved it. I definitely want you to send it to me. I think that is very uh, impactful to hear it said that way, 86,400 seconds. What are you going to do with them? And I think it's really, like you said, you lost a friend and, and it changed the meaning of, of that for you, that mantra for you. And life has a way of doing that, right? And so I've experienced loss in my life as well. And um, it definitely changed me, absolutely changed me. And it's things that I, I think about that loss every single day. Um, and it does change who I am and it changes how I approach life. And it's a, it's a reminder daily that life is fragile and that it's precious and that you don't want to waste a second that you have to impact someone, to love someone, that you don't want to miss those moments. And it's really easy to get caught up in like the mundane routine of life, regardless of what your profession is. It's very easy because we're human. It is easy to get caught up in the routine of life and to forget something that powerful. It's, it's easy to forget like 86,400 seconds in the routine of life. But I think that's a great reminder for us. And so I'm thankful that you brought that and that we're ending with it because that's something that I'm going to try to be more aware of every single day so that I don't miss those moments and that I don't waste time and that I cherish the people in my life and that I love them fully the way that I should. Um, so thank you. Well, I, I, I would say, too, as we end, Kelly, why that's so important is, you know, and, and I say that when I say losing Maya changed my life is because me and you both know somebody that was going to do a podcast, somebody who was going to write a book, somebody who was going to start a business, somebody who was going to call their mom and tell them I love them and they never got the chance. So every day is a gift, you know, right? And the, the difference is 86,400 seconds but it comes to the condition. What you don't use, you lose. It's important. It's so important. And coach, it sounds like that you have um, definitely lived, you're living that. Uh, you don't just say it. You know, people, they definitely see what we do. They don't just hear what we say. And, you know, those things should enhance each other. Um, and so I think that, you know, kudos to you for for the work that you've done and the work that you continue to do, the lives that you've impacted and the ripple effect that you've created. And uh, I've been impacted just by, you know, being on here with you for the last hour and chatting with you. And I'm excited to hopefully remain in contact with you and um, 
Absolutely. Just, when I come through Atlanta, I'm going to come try to see your team play. Yes, please do. We play from August to October. So I would love okay. for you to love for you to swing through. And if you ever go back to Duke for a basketball game, I'm going to need you to scoop me up for that one. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. My <laughs> best, my, my best friend now is retired and he lives in Atlanta. So awesome. Well, yeah, you need to, you need to take a visit to Atlanta then. Yeah. And my college roommate, they both now moved to Atlanta from Minnesota. Nice. Um, well, coach, I, I truly do. Um, I admire the work that you, that you have done in your life and what you do and, and the kids that you impact. I know that whether they realize it in the moment or not, they're going to, they're going to realize uh, how special it was for them to, to play for you and to be a part of what you do. And, and they're going to, they're going to go on and do the same thing for other people. And so thank you for what you do, the impact that you make. And thank you for being on the show uh, with me and for just sharing your heart with us. And I just really, really, truly appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, that's the end of episode six. So thankful for Coach McKenzie and the insight and the wisdom that he brings. You know, his perspective is, it's really neat and, and his journey to where he is now as a leader and a, and a head basketball coach and the impact that he's had on the schools that he's been at and that he continues to have every day. It's kind of like the ripple effect that we talked about. So his influence, he's expanded it so far that the kids now that he's poured into and led are now turning around and they're leading people, kind of like Trent that, that he spoke about in the podcast. Man, just awesome to have Coach McKenzie. I, I know I was inspired by his story and, and just the work that he continues to do. So here's our key takeaways for the week, guys. Number one, if you change their minds, you can change their lives. So we have to help them to see and understand. They need to be able to visualize. And so it's our job to paint a picture for them. We've got to help them think differently. Number two, bad data in, bad data out. Who we are around and the messages that we buy into, they matter. Number three, planting seeds. Remember guys, we're not always gonna see the fruits of our labor. But it's still very important that we are intentional about planting seeds every single day with our actions, how we treat people, the words that we say. Be intentional about that. Number four, the importance of setting goals. Coach McKenzie talked about the fact that their players and their team, they set goals. Even before they reach those goals, they celebrate the little things. They celebrate the small accomplishments. I think that's super huge and something that we should all focus on doing with our teams. Number five, the difference in a team and a program. Coach said that a team is like a one-hit wonder. I thought that was a really cool uh, way to say that. He says a program is more like creating an album of multiple hits. You know, like kids can come and go, talent can come and go, but the foundation is so strong that it continues to carry on. Number six, grow and glow. I thought this was really, really neat, something that I would love to, to incorporate with our program. And, you know, at the end of practice, he, he just allows a player to talk about a way that they grew that day um, as a team or as an individual. And then he lets a, a teammate pick out another teammate and highlight them for something that they did. Grow and glow. Number seven, every day is a gift. 86,400 seconds each day. This was my most favorite part of the podcast. I hope that it hit you as hard as it did me. It's just a great reminder and a powerful reminder of what we're given each and every day and that we don't wanna waste that. And so we can't go back and relive a day, right? Once it's gone, it's gone. Coach said that what you don't use, you lose. So guys, it is super important that we are intentional about 86,400 seconds every day. What are we doing to better ourselves? What are we doing to better the people around us, to be good leaders, to pour into people, to love on people? Man, what a great episode. So thankful for Coach McKenzie, the wisdom that he brought. It was great. I hope you guys were encouraged. Looking forward to next week already. Remember, guys, you don't grow in comfort. Get uncomfortable. Find ways to grow. See you next week, friends.